Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day gang and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is episode 83 and it also happens to be the very first episode of 2020. So here we go. Let's get back into it this year. Now this week, Jared Krauss joins us today. He is from a website and a business called buyingonlinebusinesses.com. Jared's been building and flipping online businesses for about four to five years, and he's become a bit of an expert on due diligence and understanding what makes a good value business to buy. Uh, He eventually realized that it's a lot easier to buy and flip existing online businesses than it is to try and build one out from scratch, and uh, yeah, that can be very true. So today we chat about some of the best types of businesses that you can buy, and the answer, I guess, in brackets or air quotes is, it depends. And we also discuss how he funds his purchases and how he's able to grow the businesses that he buys. Now, time is running out to save $500 on your India sourcing trip tour. So that's coming up in April and I'll be there along with Tim Jordan and many other fantastic coaches. Uh, the offer ends on the 31st of January this year, 2020. So you've only got about a week. So please head over to indiasourcingtrip.com to chat to Megla directly and you can learn more about it. Um, actually, Jeff Bezos was there in India last week, I think, and he said that, uh, and I quote, that the online retail giant expects to export $10 billion worth of India-made goods by 2025. So Amazon's sourcing out of there. Uh, Amazon has already committed to $5.5 billion of investment in the country. So if Jeff's there talking up India's potential, I reckon you probably should be there too. Uh, All right, don't forget to join the Australian Seller family over on Facebook. So you go to the australianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Uh, We're actually now over a thousand people, which is a pretty big family. And I've personally approved each and every one of you uh, that have joined so far. And I've knocked back a few hundred along the way as well. Now, if you need some help with your Amazon business or you need some one-on-one coaching with your FBA business, uh, please get in touch with me. Just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris. Now, I do apologize for the audio in this episode. It is a school holidays, as I've already mentioned. And the kids have been playing on my computer, which meant that my normal microphone wasn't working and I didn't realize, so I apologize for that. But it still makes sense. So uh, let's get on with today's episode with Jared Krause. of the Australian Seller Podcast, and today I'm delighted to welcome Jared Krause from Buying Online Businesses. Uh, is that a .com or a .com.au, Jared? .com, and thanks so much for having me on. Fantastic. I'm super excited to have you on. It's a topic that I'm really passionate about, uh, buying and selling online businesses. So, of course, can you introduce yourself? What's your background? What got you started on this journey of buying and selling online businesses? Yeah, sure. So, my background, I was a plumber for many years, and I was just not liking it basically. Uh, I found myself running away from work. I'd quit and then go traveling. Uh, And I realized on one of my trips, I wasn't running away from my job. I was running away from my life, (laughs) which is quite deep but uh, true at the same time. So I decided I needed a goal and the goal was to travel and I didn't know how to do that and make money. So I thought I had to do something online. So I literally 
did the old thing of typed into Google how to travel the world and make money online. And that is what got me started in the online space. And it wasn't directly through buying sites, but building them myself and failing over and over to a point where I realized Mm -hmm. 90% of startups fail. And then I started buying them. So what kind of businesses were you trying to build? So I built a travel blog, uh, which was quite hard. Everybody with a phone and internet connection was a travel blogger, basically. Uh, In the end, everybody became my competition. So I segued away from that and I built a dropshipping site and made a little bit of money from both these, but it just wasn't sustaining the expenses that I had to travel. So I needed to buy something that was or do something that I could make more money and buying a site was the best option. So how did you find out about buying a site? Because most people, you know, they see something like Amazon or, I don't know, dropshipping or a membership site or a subscription or something um, and then they just sort of go for that and try and build something on their own. On their own. Mm. What, what, how did the buying an online business stumble across your radar, like an email that you received or? No, so... I basically came to a conclusion or I saw a quote or I read something that 90% of startups fail and I was like, well, hang on a second. Why don't I skip that part and see if I can buy a business if 90% of startups fail? So mm-hmm. I went on to Google and typed in to see if I could buy, you know, I know people were buying biz, like brick and mortar businesses, but I wanted to be online so I could travel at this stage and so i thought i want to buy a website so i went in to google and started typing that up and up came flipper and then that segued to me remembering that i'd spoken to or i heard somebody speak about buying little websites from flipper and then it just started to grow from there where i started yeah teaching myself how to buy these things so uh, you've been able to build a portfolio of sites now as I understand it. So how many sites do you actually own? Currently at the moment, I have three websites. What are your favorite types of online businesses to buy? Do you do affiliates or have you stuck with dropshipping or is it e-commerce? Yeah, so I did, great question. Uh, I did start with dropshipping because that's what I knew. Uh, I knew how to build a blog and I knew dropshipping stores. So I started dropshipping I uh, bought one. Uh, well, the first site I ever bought, I don't have that anymore. It was a like a subscription, and I stuck. I, I went to that one because it was just it felt like less risk where you were buying into a customer base who were paying on a returning, you know, basis, right? Recurring revenue. So I bought that. Don't have that anymore. And then I was like, all right, I like drop shipping. I'll get into drop shipping. So I bought a drop shipping site. Then I bought another drop shipping site. Uh, and so I have two dropshipping sites at the moment currently, uh, and I'm looking to sell a couple of businesses and buy some some bigger sites in 2020 and beyond and just focusing on some, some different things in 2020, which we may get to later. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've got at the moment. And then I've got my, my business where it's a – it's basically a membership as well where I teach people to buy sites. Cool. Yeah, that's, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so, but if you were starting out again, what would you recommend as the best online business model to buy now? Like mm. if you were a new seller or a new buyer? Mm. So I really, this is, I wouldn't say there's one size fits all in this space. I, 
I get a lot of clients come and say to me, Jerry, what's the best business model for me to buy? Uh, you know, it's a first site. I want to just buy the right one. And I don't particularly feel that there is a right one for everyone. So I ask them a ton of questions is like, what resonates with you most? Like, do you understand the dropshipping model? Do you understand the subscription model, FBA, affiliate? Uh, do you understand content type sites? What you know, what do you understand and what do you feel that you would be more confident in or could build better skills in to grow, run and scale one of these sites? And we just go from there. And no, that doesn't help the listeners listening to this. So what I will talk about is some skill sets that you may need for each business. Would that help? Yeah, that definitely helps because I think um, it sounds like that's a fairly common mistake for first-time buyers is maybe that they buy a business that they don't really understand the model. Just mm. perhaps, yeah, and yeah, the work so that goes involved with it too, you know. Uh, so a lot of people like content sites and membership membership or SaaS sites, right? SaaS is software as a service and it can be a subscription model. The reason people like these is because typically they're less risk the reason a, a content site can be less risk is because it's not so heavily reliant on spending a lot of money to make sales or to make income because it comes from traffic sources, from social media or different search engines. Uh, and the skills needed for that is to either be a good content writer and understand how to write good copy and get people to take action on affiliate links or understand good ad placement and understand SEO, which is search engine optimization. Now, this is for a site that's kind of sub 100K. If you're going to be the owner and operator, that you need to have those skills in your bag or you need to want to at least learn those skills to run that business. Uh, and any business that I'm talking about is kind of sub 100, sub 200K. Uh, for the skills that you may need because anything above that you can hire people in so that that said for a, a membership or a SaaS site is you want to maybe at least understand a bit about software to be able to understand if you hire people in or consultants to you know fix bugs and stuff like that and you also want to understand why people stay in a membership or stay in a community and how to reduce retention and get sales as well. So you want to understand a little bit of marketing as well. Dropshipping, you want to be, it's heavily reliant on digital marketing. Uh, so the margins you make, a part portion of those margins or profit margins you make from dropshipping products will go into digital marketing. Uh, so it'll be paid ads on different types of platforms. So you'd want to be confident in digital marketing. And personally, I, I'm very confident in digital marketing. I've, I've, I've done very well with digital marketing myself, though I do know that the platforms change and the algorithms change a lot. So you either need to have somebody great on your team, hire somebody in, or be willing to at least learn the tides and the changes with each, with each platform that you may be using for that. So that's the same with e-commerce, you know, e-commerce is, uh, dropshipping is a part of e-commerce. So uh, you need those skills as well. For an, an, so an affiliate site is a content site. We'll keep that under that umbrella. But for an FBA site, for people that may be listening, 
an FBA site is a fulfillment by Amazon. That's also in under the e-commerce umbrella. But what you do with FBA is you buy products and you send them to an Amazon warehouse and they sell them for you on Amazon. Now, the skills that you may be may need to be good at is products, understanding products and understanding why people buy those products and also you know, product development and helping, uh, you know, work with people who are product developers either in China or different parts of the world to make sure the product can be better and better. And then another really good skill to understand would be writing copy and descriptions for these businesses. I know that you had somebody on uh, your podcast, I think it was just recently that I have listened to. I'm pretty sure they were talking about different uh content and different ways you can sell things from fba um, which is an important skill that you'd need to understand or start learning and be good at or hire somebody in so i hope i kind of covered a lot there (laughs) no that's perfect because i think it's yes it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all there's no doubt about that so um what do you, how do you recommend people grow their business? How do you grow your business? Obviously, you buy a business for a certain amount of money and then you know the idea would be to try and grow it. I guess you could keep it level, but mm. what's your strategy around growing businesses? Or does that depend as well on the type of business that you buy? Yeah, it certainly depends on the type of business, but I will give a, a blanket uh, structure or strategy for a lot of people. And I think this is really important for everybody that is looking to buy a website business is First of all, when you buy it is spend your time at least the first couple of months, even, you know, year understanding the business and why people buy it, buy from that business or work with that business and why people visit the website. Now, that's really, that's an important part of the strategy because sometimes people buy sites and they just, they don't know anything about it and they can end up making changes and destroy the golden goose or the golden gooses part of the business. So once you understand the business, or if you're highly skilled and you do understand the business before you buying it, buy it, or as you take over it, then the next step would be to prune. And instead of just adding more and doing bigger and doing better, I like to prune a site and take away what's not working to let the other things you know, to be able to let the other things flourish and you spend more time and focus on those things that are working and eliminate those things that are not working. If you think of like the analogy or an example of a tree that's a a baby tree that's trying to grow, if it's got weeds coming overlapping over the top of it, it's going to, those things aren't allowing that to grow and it's actually holding back that tree. And that can happen with our business as well. So I like Mm. to, the next part of the strategy is to just prune the business on what's Mm. not working so you can open up more spaces and more focus to the things that are working. And then once you understand, this next step would be once you understand what is working, then double down on it and get really good at it and put more time, energy, effort, and maybe resources into it as well. And those things are the typical things that people talk about when they're going to scale and grow a business, which will be, hey, I'm going to do some Mm. digital marketing and it could be content marketing. Uh, The, it depends on, I'll I'll cover three different ways that you could grow a business. 
The first one would be I'll, I'll stick to the membership subscription SaaS business model. The first thing I'd be doing is understanding why people are actually staying in that membership and work on retention and asking them what they actually want and give that to them so they can stay a member. So sometimes it's better to just retain the customers and the clients that you already have rather than getting more because it can cost less money and it can cost less time and resources. So I'd spend time doing that. Next, uh, for the other ways you could grow a business is definitely uh, with SEO. So search, search engine optimization, particularly content sites, you could look at working on the SEO of the website and first protocol or first port would be to prune, do some SEO pruning and then adding content and links. And then secondly would be a different type of marketing, which would be um, digital marketing or content marketing. And that's where I would be looking to scale most of my businesses is once I've pruned and understood everything, then mm. really look at the content marketing, the digital marketing. So that sounds like that's part of your due diligence. And when you're looking at a business, you're looking for the, I guess, the the gaps, the 80-20, the opportunities, and then getting in there once you understood it all to to update it and, and, and help it grow, yeah? Yeah, sure. Like the due diligence mm. is such a powerful a powerful process that some people really underrate. The reason I love due diligence so much and I just reiterate to my clients over and over again, just get so good at due diligence because the second and third order consequences from doing that makes you such a better online entrepreneur. By doing looking at so many website businesses, you get to see what's working, what's not working, how different businesses are growing and you take away those skills or those strategies, ideas and put them in your toolbox and you can use them later for the business you may buy. So a big part of the due diligence is, yes, looking at businesses and seeing what's working, what's not working, how you can grow them and things that you could do differently. Before, like if you were to take over the business and that's a skill that's a skill like all skills are learned when, we, when we're born we know nothing uh and everything is learned so you can learn that skill as well awesome do you buy distressed businesses that are you know declining in there and try and turn them around or do you buy businesses that are, uh, have a, a clear growth record that's such a good question and there are people that do buy distressed businesses that's a different that's a different ball game it's a different strategy uh if you're really good at a particular type of growth strategy or scaling or understand that niche really really well then you definitely have an opportunity to turn around for myself however i don't like to go for distressed businesses and the reason being is because i like to kind of understand the natural laws if something's already falling or declining or going down, it can be a lot harder to change that, right? Change that natural law and change the direction of it. So for example, if somebody's, you know, throws a book off a balcony that, you know, and, and off the third, third level of a balcony and you're going to try and change the direction of it, uh, you're going to have to be at the bottom hold it, grab it, you're going to have to be very focused to be able to grab it at a certain point and then throw it back up. But imagine if you had a bigger business, right? And I know it sounds crazy, but imagine if you had like a piece of furniture that somebody's throwing out. It makes it so much harder to turn that around 
and sometimes maybe even more impossible. So I don't look at the size of the business and go, oh, well, maybe this one's a little bit smaller. I could turn it around. I just stick away from it. Okay. Yeah. it's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it a buyer's market or a seller's market at the moment? Who's buying <laughs> this one? Uh, I love it. Uh, it's a good question. In my opinion, I, I believe it's definitely a seller's market. Like it's a good time to sell your business right now. Like in the start of 2020, it's a great time to sell an online business. The multiples are high. They've never been higher, in fact, for a for an online business. And yeah, it's a great time to sell a business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, well, let's talk about multiples and how they work because I think a lot yeah. of people get confused about when they're buying a business. Um, they often think that they they're kind of buying the company and and you know the all the inventory or the, the you know the, you know what I mean what's you know, I know that with FBA businesses for example Amazon businesses that you're basically buying on a multiple of what's called SDE or seller discretionary earnings right and that's sort mm-hmm. of all of the um, uh, um, and it's based on a monthly SDE so that's after yeah. all the cost of the inventory and Amazon fees and uh, you know all that sort of stuff but it doesn't include the SDE price doesn't include things like you know your accountant and your own time and it's basically the, the gross profit um, that you earn uh, at the end of each month so you know how do, how do the multiples and valuations work for different types of online businesses yeah uh, i love that you sort of just just explain that for everybody because it saved me a lot of work there <laughs> but right. you're spot on as well <laughs> like it's you've it's it's so true is that there's ad backs and stuff like that. So that's why they do call it seller's discretionary earnings. Um, you know, if you've bought a, a car, that's not included as an expense uh, and all that sort of stuff as well, accounting fees and whatever else you've got going on. Uh, so in terms of the different types of online businesses, it really, the multiple changes depending on the level of risks that may be involved with each business model. So for a dropshipping business, the multiples are at the moment average around the 24 to 30-ish months multiple. Uh, and that can be also for an e-commerce business. It may be even a little bit higher de- uh, depending on if that is somebody's own product and they actually own it. Uh, same with an FBA business around that sort of price, maybe a little bit more. Uh, for an FBA business than particularly dropshipping because dropshipping, if you're more reliant on doing the digital marketing yourself, as with Amazon, they you can put money into marketing and they'll help you get it put up high in the search engine. So that, that's basically the multiple for the dropshipping and e-commerce type sites. For a, uh, I guess the next would be sort of a content site, affiliate, AdSense type sites. You're looking at, you know, sometimes as high as uh, anywhere from like a 32 to a 42 multiple even. Yeah, it's quite it's quite high. Uh, and then you, and the reason being is because you're not so heavily reliant on A, making sales and B, you've got a, usually you'll have a lot of traffic coming in from search engines and maybe even social media. The more There's diversified, a bit of risk, though, sometimes yeah. isn't there? I mean, if you know Google changes its algorithm or something, you can huge find. risk. I've, I've heard heaps of uh, stories where 
uh, content sites or affiliate sites have been wiped out overnight by a Google update, you know, so mm. yeah, it's interesting. Especially in 2019, um, there was a big update where it wiped out a lot of health sites uh, and niches and different types of advice, I guess, or content or answers that Google was ranking that they no longer believe is the best thing to put in front of people. So yes, that it is a risk certainly and you can be wiped out, which means if there is, say, for example, a content site and that most of the traffic, say 80% to 90% of the traffic is coming from Google, then maybe it will have a, it will, it certainly will have a, a smaller uh, multiple, lower multiple than a uh, content site that has, say, 40% or 50% coming from Google and then 10% coming from Bing and then. 10% coming from Pinterest and the rest coming from different other social platforms as well. It's just because that platform, there's no platform sensitivity there. So that's how multiples can, can change for sure. And then to, for the last business model, it's like the SaaS subscription membership type business model. The multiples are typically higher we've seen last year there was reported like up into the 50s uh 50 month multiple for some sites and that's purely because if they've got a really solid base of members that are paying on a recurring revenue and they've got a good sales model and you know they, you can see year on year growth happening mm-hmm. and diversified traffic and stuff like that then that can really boost up the multiple for myself personally, I like to go by what Warren Buffett says, who's you know one of the mm. best investors in the world. He says it's better to buy a wonderful business at a fair price than a fair business at a wonderful price. I love Warren Buffett. Yeah, me too. He's so good. I was reading one of his books just yesterday. Mm. It's it's pretty. It's it's hard text and it's not super entertaining, but just there's so much gold in there as well. Mm. There's differences between buying a smaller site, sort of, I don't know, 20 to say 200K versus getting up around the, over half a million up to, you know, and above. Um, what are the differences in your experience? Sure. It's just, I mean, with the businesses sub 200, sub 100K, they're selling a lot quicker. Uh, and the reason being is because there may be micro private equity companies out there or people with that money where they can just go away like cool this is a good add-on business and they spend less time doing the due diligence uh and it may be not as important to do really good due diligence because they're going to use that business to grow another business they may have anyway so they're going to make that return back so typically with a smaller business uh there's less time spent on due diligence and you can move a lot quicker. As you could imagine, those businesses are smaller and there's less moving parts. With a bigger business, like 300K up to the 5 million range, there's more moving parts and you know if you, if you buy a bad deal, there's more risk. So you just want to take your time. Maybe you want to, you know, when you're getting up to the million dollar range, you want to get you know, financials verified by an accountant. You want to make sure you can do a proper SEO audit that may get done by a professional. Uh, so there's different, like, whereas you can get free tools or tools that you can pay for, uh, 
for buying something sub 200 and do it yourself because you know there's less there's less risk involved mm. it depends if, you, if you've got it de- yeah it de- or, yeah you know, i mean to burn then yeah absolutely but yeah um i get that but uh, like are the sdes or the seller discretionary earnings or multiples on a say sub 200k site higher or lower than a much bigger online website that you might buy uh that's a great question normally uh lower in in from what i've seen it's like Mm -hmm. i know i said before and that was a bit of an error you know the smaller sites are less risk actually i believe in my opinion that they are more risky it's like Mm -hmm. if you have a you know a tinny that's cruising through you know the waterways as opposed to a a boat or a ship it's a lot easier for a tinny to tip over than a ship right it's there's you know, less risk for a mm. bigger ship. So that's why I believe that the multiples can go higher typically for those businesses, the you sites, know, 300 yeah. or 200K plus. Yeah. I actually work with a company out of the Philippines. It's a, an investment fund that buys Amazon FBA businesses and they're, they're sort of got that roll-up model where they buy smaller businesses, sub 500K, uh, and then they're during the process of combining all of the products within those FBA businesses into a much bigger business that they can hope to flip for a lot higher multiple. So it's quite interesting um, how the different sorts of buying and selling multiples are working at the moment. Yeah. Um, so what about, um, I guess, negotiating a deal? Like, you know, you've got a, got something on the table, you're thinking pretty seriously about buying it. How do you actually start the negotiations with a, with a seller? How I start and I tell my clients is there's a call that happened that's really important. It's called the seller's call uh, and that's what we call it anyway is when you have a call with the seller and you ask about the business, towards the end of the call, I like to just suss out where they're at and what they're, you know, it's really important for you to understand what they actually want out of the business uh, or out of the sale, sorry. And so just ask that. Like it doesn't have to be come in with some crazy negotiation or crazy deal that's super complex that's going to be very beneficial to just you as the buyer. It's probably, in my opinion, not the best way to go because there's two parties in the the deal here. And Mm. the more that you really look after the seller, the more that they're going to look after you when you buy the business as in terms of training and helping you get this thing right. Mm. So I really decide to focus on and put relationships first Mm -hmm. before a hardcore negotiation or deal. So I really find that important. And that's why we have a question is like asking them like, what's important for you to get out of the sale out of the deal and just ask them hey like are you looking for you want all your money you know would you prefer you know you want to structure your question in a very good way by Mm. asking you know would you prefer uh, a lesser amount for the business if i paid you know all cash and i just you know you got it wired straight to you or would you like to earn a little bit more and we do some sort of earn out or seller note or uh, mm. seller financing structure. Sure. Maybe explain. Could you explain what an earnout is for the listeners? Yeah, sure. So say, for example, there's a site. We'll just stick with simple numbers, a 100 grand sure. site. 
and then you have uh, you want to do an earnout, so you offer a percentage of a down payment, and that down payment could be anywhere from seventy percent to ninety percent. We'll stick with eighty. We'll just stick in the middle right. there. Sure. And so you'll say, all right, I'll give you eighty thousand down payment for the business, and then over the next two to six months, I'll pay the rest out per month over over the next three to two or six months. So say, for example, you just do two months or we'll stick with four months, right? You still owe, owe another $20,000. So you say, how about over we do, you know, you give me three training sessions, one-hour training sessions, and over the next four months, I pay you $5,000 each month at the end of the month to to buy the business. Okay. So that's sort of basically the idea there, I guess, is to retain the owner within your world to make sure that, um, first of all, sort of reduce your risk a little bit, but also make sure that you're properly across the business and that their experience is retained for a little while longer after the deal, yeah? Yeah. I mean, it just means they've still got some skin in the game. They do. And you can, through that time as well, it helps you really build the relationship with the seller. And I've done this with my deals where I can still contact all the people that I've bought my businesses from because I really focus on the people first. Like the people, people are far more important than money, like far more important. I think this is something that's key for people to understand is like if if you build that relationship with them in that time period, then, you know, great opportunities can come from that later down the track. And it may not be six or 12 months, it may be longer, but Mm -hmm. You know, say for example, in two years' time, you go, "Oh, I'm trying to do this." Like, have you tried this before? Or what worked? You know, simple questions. If you build a really good relationship, it really helps. So that earnout helps you build the relationship. Yes, it helps them keep some skin in the game as well. Mm. Uh, but it also, yes, as you said, it does reduce your risk because, and means you can buy a deal without. Mm. You know, you may only have 85K and you go, wow, okay, well, this business will give me X amount and I'll make X amount if I've got a second job or something. Maybe I'll earn that to be able to pay the rest out and and it can work that way as well. Yeah, really good point actually is that, yeah, you can actually buy a business for a lot less than you actually have. And then use use the income from the business as, as once you've taken it over to then do the earn out and pay for the rest of it. That's a really clever uh, sort of structure, I suppose. I had um, a client. Yeah. Sorry, before the last question uh, mm. or the next question, I had a client who actually bought fifty percent of the business, and or fifty percent of a business, and he came and said, "Look, I'll run the business. I'll own. I'll own fifty percent. You own fifty percent. Can you just advise?" And it was just a great deal. Like, I mean, he bought 50% of the business. He's doing the work. It was his first deal. He wanted to learn learn the whole thing. And and then, you know, he had somebody that was skilled, knew the business and could just advise and say, yes, this is a good opportunity. This is what we could do. This is what we couldn't do. Yeah. It's just a great way to go about it. Like there's so many, like you can get really Mm -hmm. creative with how you structure deals. And that's what I like to do with, with my clients anyway. Awesome. You know, you mentioned before how important relationships are. I've, I got a great bit of advice once. You know the old sort of sales adage that people buy from people that they like? Yeah. Um, someone, I think it might have been Ace Chapman when I was talking to him one day, he said that um, when he's doing a deal, uh, by the way, Ace Chapman is a fairly large uh, online buyer. He's a, of businesses, he's a micro he? he's private massive. equity. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I'm actually good uh, mates with Ace. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, mm. But he was saying too, he told me off air um, that people also sell to people that they like. So as part of the way that he negotiates is that he really tries to build that relationship so that he can not only cut the best deal that he can, uh, but also, um, you know, no one wants to do a deal with someone that's been very adversarial and, you know, I, I want to, and doing lowball offers, crazy stuff. So, yeah, it's yeah. important to, to keep that in mind when you're thinking about buying a business yeah. not to oh. get too, too hard. I love that because it's just, it means it can be fun and relaxed as well. And yeah. like the more you look after somebody else, the more they're going to look after you, right? Like what you what you put in is what you're going to get out. Yeah, 100%. Funding your deals, how do you do it? Are you, are you bringing in equity or private investors or do you recommend to your students and uh, your clients to, to bring in outside investment or is it a bank or do you use your bootstrap your deals? How do you... How do you structure these deals and how do you get the capital? How do you raise the capital to be able to buy them? Yeah, so a lot of people come in with some cash they've they've got and then people that don't have all the cash that they, they want to buy a site is they can go away and get funding. Uh, and then it's different lenders. Uh, in America, for those who are listening from America, a lot of it's quite popular to get an SBA loan. Uh, also have a finance broker that helps some of my clients in Australia uh, and then also there's the opportunity to bring in, in, you know, if family members want a part of the business, they can do that as well. I've seen some clients that have gotten some cash from other people in their close group relationship where they put money I've into the deal as well. Yeah, it's a good yeah. way to go, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I have bought my business's cash uh, at the moment where, uh, a lot, we're getting a lot of investors coming to us saying, hey, Jared, can you buy us the sites, run them, operate them and grow them? And we're going down that direction as well because cool. uh, there's just such a high demand. There's a lot of people saying, hey, I want to get in this space. It's great returns, but I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And it is a risk if you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So we're going down that track. We're opening up some some avenues for investors to come in and and, and we do the work. And just take that's a small cool. a small snippet, and the rest goes to them. That's really cool. That's a great model, and I, I, I'm sort of seeing that that the online business space, or buying and selling an online business, there's a lot more there's a lot more savvy operators that are moving into this space. You know, I mentioned Alpha Rock over in uh, the Philippines, and you know yourself, and there's a lot of people now that are starting to put these sort of deals together with other people's money or they're creating their own fund like Ace. I think he's going to go public soon, isn't he, or if he hasn't already? Yeah, he's got two that he's going public with as of wow. the end of last year. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So just – well, maybe let's just focus on the other side because we talked a lot about buying sites. What about selling them? Like uh, let's – you know, how, when do you flip a site? At what stage do you decide, right, of – growing this business or it's not working or, you know, when, when do you pull the pin on a business and go, right, that's it, I'm going to sell? I think it really – I'll give an answer for, for everybody and then I'll give an answer for what I think's best. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people get to a stage where they're just like, actually, I don't want to own this business anymore and they sell it or they get to a point where it's like, actually, I can't maintain it and it's like, you know, maybe an algorithm change has happened or that – digital marketing space change they can't get the results so they'll sell it then as well mm-hmm. uh, preferably if you know what you're doing and you've got help uh, or you're a smart operator then the best time to sell a business is like when you grow it to 
a percentage or you, you grow up to a range where you're confident you've you've done the best you can and you don't feel that you have the skills, knowledge or power to take it to the next level. That's what I, I feel is a really good time to sell the business mm-hmm. and or if you set a goal and you achieve that goal, not to get too greedy, too greedy and pull more out of the business and, and just keep going, it can be good to just go, I've done my dash here. I've, I've got the results I wanted out of the business. I've grown it to this certain level and leave something on something on the table for the next person. Yeah. Uh, which is Great helps advice. you sell the business as well. It really does. Like when there's still, you've taken, a, say you're really good at SEO, you've taken to a certain level through the SEO, uh, doing great SEO work and build it up with good content. Then you can sell it on to somebody who has an opportunity and the skills to take it to the next level with doing something else to the business. So that really helps to sell the business if you leave yeah. some on the table. Absolutely, yeah. I, I remember um, being asked once, what would be the three things that you would do if you weren't selling the business to grow it? And um, that kind of put me on the spot, but it also gave comfort to the to the new owner uh, that there was room for growth and there was, you know, opportunity and a, and a bit of a plan there. So, you know, leaving some of the table is super important. Are there any other sort of little tidbits or gems of advice that you could give to somebody who's either thinking about buying a business or even selling one? Yeah, sure. The best advice for selling a business is get it prepared for sale. Like there's, I don't have the... I don't help people get businesses ready for sale, but there are other people out there that do help them. It's not my it's not my focus. It's not my actual goal to helping people make a big exit. But mm-hmm. I do know that if you're going to sell your business, you're best off getting it prepared or preparing it to sell. And that means, i.e., either cutting expenses or just ripping out the weeds and showing people where it can grow, like do, mm-hmm. do some pruning. Uh, leave some on the table and some great opportunities for other people, but also make the business attractive. That's the main thing is make the business attractive to somebody who's going to buy it. So for example, if you've got a site and it's taking you 40 hours a week to run and you want to sell it because of that, then not everybody's going to come into the space and go, cool, I want a bit of a side hustle. I can't, they just can't just buy a business that takes 40 hours a week to run. So Mm -hmm. look at getting some team involved and you know optimize it or use some uh, artificial intelligence or different tools to use to optimize the site and take some work off your plate and just really there's so many different strategies i could go Mm. on and on for days about it but make that (laughs) make that site attractive uh in terms of advice for selling this is my forte uh this is everything that i do with people and the biggest advice is just get really 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 good at due diligence and understand due diligence and also understand what your goals are both financial goals and your lifestyle goals and make sure you only buy a business that is within those goals and make an investment that's unemotional like the biggest thing that first-time buyers do and i've spoken to so many people that have bought websites myself included my first deal was an emotional one my second deal was an emotional one because i bought in emotionally which is not the best thing for us to do so having somebody that you can bounce ideas off be solid be grounded somebody you can bounce due diligence off i think is really really important when you're going to buy a site 
That's awesome. And I, one of the other things I'd probably just throw in there was uh, is um, having really good SOPs or you know, standard operating procedures too is a, is a good place to be when you're, when you're trying to sell a business. So yeah. it's very, it offers a lot of comfort to the buyer that there are actually procedures in place so that if you go under a bus or one of your VAs or your assistants, you know, mm. Uh, mm. struggle and uh, or get sick, then you've got uh, an operating procedure that someone else can pick up and hopefully easily follow and uh, and pick up the slack. Um, yeah, great point. Yeah. Oh, just something I'm, I'm, just, I'm actually sort of trying to do that for my own businesses at the moment. <laughs> I'm very slack, but, uh, you know, that's what happens. So, no, um, but it's, it's so good to do so because – you can have a business run without you when you do have good SOPs. Yeah. You can you can start to back yourself out of the corner and eliminate your need to do things because you know you don't need your staff to just come and ask you questions twenty four seven. You say this happens, do this. Yeah. Oh well, that's the other thing is that um you know often I mean I'm guilty of this, but just saying to myself you know it's my look it'd be just much easier and much faster if I do this myself. You know, and, <laughs> but actually it's a lot easier and in the end it saves a lot more time when you go, right, actually if this is something that I do more than once a week or once a day or once even a month sometimes, um, you know, I, I just need to shoot a video or just jump on Loom or, or, you know, Camtasia or something, quickly shoot a video on how I'm doing it and, uh, you know, and then, you know, I might use a tool like otter.ai. Yeah. Or IO, I think it is. Which we is, use uh, that. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? I mean, it's a mm. text-to-speech and it's very, very accurate. It's amazing. I don't know how it works, but anyway, it seems to just do it like magic. And then you can kind of create a transcription of your your audio that you've recorded so that there are, you know, uh, and then just pop it up onto, like, I use Google Sites, which is like a yep. free way to build out a, um, a kind of like a, almost like an intranet, but but it's a free website that you can privatise and invite people to, um, you know, to, to browse. I've got a cat that's just jumped onto the door. School holidays here as well. I've got kids everywhere. Uh, I use Google as well uh, for my SOPs. And I didn't even know, but one of the team sent me a message the other day saying, oh, yeah, we're using Otter now for this and that. I was like, oh, cool. Um, But that's because the SOPs are are all all set up. And, yeah, you're on the the mark there. It's great. I'm glad that you brought that point up. Oh, cool. Yeah, no worries. Actually, that all came out from – I was at a – a conference last uh, year, late last year, with a guy called Dale Beaumont, who has a really interesting program called Fifty Two Ways, and uh, yeah, it's worth checking him out. Actually, I was really impressed with that day. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, hey, have you? How do we get in contact with you? Tell, tell me more about your business and your services. What have you got there? Sure. So how most people will come and find me is through my podcast, uh, Buying Online Businesses Podcast. And they just learn, I just tell people to check it out and see if this is actually for them because it's, it's, sometimes it's not for everyone and just see if it's maybe a direction that they want to go down first and foremost. And then if it's something they're interested in, they, they can grab a free resource and you know do a little bit of work themselves or if they want my help then they can jump in and become a part of the community how that actually works to answer your question is that mm. uh, people jump in to the community and they get my program where i teach them to buy a website business do all the due diligence and also teach them how to grow it and scale it once they've bought it uh, a big factor that a lot of people love and this is why most people join the community is because i personally do due diligence reviews 
for people that do jump in the community. Um, wow. There's a certain protocol they need to go to to send them to me. And once they get sent, then I go through and do a, a due diligence review. And it's just good to have somebody who's looked mm. at, you know, hundreds, maybe even thousands of sites now that understands the due diligence process and can really pick the holes of it. Uh, and I think the most important thing is to really understand the risk involved and see if you're comfortable with the level of risk involved and understand what the possible downsides are and that's what i've gotten really good at over the years and mm -hmm. so that's a, a big benefit to a lot of people the the community itself is great because a lot of people jump in and they create friendships and when you're in a network of people doing five six and seven figures in business you know your network is your net worth so mm -hmm. a lot of people find a lot of value just by being in our group and the discussions and the trainings and there's all other bells and whistles and stuff but we won't go into that now um yeah that's that's what i do and i right. love it well <laughs> how do we how, so what's your website then and i will yep. put a link into the show note this is episode 83 so if you head over to the australian seller.com forward slash zero eight three um hopefully there'll be a big otter transcript of our conversation today <laughs> <laughs> which probably won't, doesn't always get it right but it's quite interesting uh, but yeah. what's your website and how do we how do we get actually get in touch with you so it's buying online businesses.com so buying online businesses plural.com mm -hmm. uh, and then you can just contact me from my contact page uh, or if you find me on you can type in there Google or any social media, Jared Krause, so J-A-R-Y-D-K-R-A-U-S-E, and I should pop up and you can contact me that way. Fantastic. Jared, thank you so much for spending a good 45 minutes or so with us today. I hope the listeners, I hope you as a listener got something out of our conversation. And, uh, yeah, I think buying and selling the websites is a, is a really, really interesting space. Um, so I'm grateful for your experience today and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon thanks so much greatly appreciate it chris likewise links and show notes for this episode can be found over at the australianseller.com forward slash podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher or your favorite podcast platform sign up to my email over at the australianseller.com and i'll send you a note each time i publish a new podcast episode thanks so much again for listening